Okay, it's uh, always a privilege to get to share the Word of God, and uh, I'm going to finish the series on the armor of God today, so I'm going to talk about uh, the Word of God being the sword of the Spirit, and then I'm going to touch just a little bit on praying at all times in the Spirit. A lot of times when people teach on the armor of God, they don't cover that, but to me, that's kind of the completion of the armor of God. Prayer is very, very important. Then it also talks about praying in the spirit there, but that's another subject for another time. I'm not going to go into that, but uh, anyway, so if you'd uh, join me in a word of prayer, I'd just like God to bless our time. Father, I just come before you now and... Uh, I just pray for the hearts and the minds of the listeners today to be open to receive what your spirit would try to impart to us. I just pray that your spirit falls upon this place uh, with the uh, power and the fire and the anointing that you desire it to produce in our lives. I just pray over everyone here that they would be changed this morning. They would be different when they leave than when they came in. I just pray that over us in Jesus' name. Anyway, we're going to start in Ephesians 6. And I don't know how many of you uh, believe it, but we are in a war. Our walk as Christians, we're in a war. And I believe that's the reason that God gave us this armor that we've been studying. We are in a war. You know, we, uh, and you look around the world and you see that, but you know, the Bible says that when the enemy, Satan, comes in like a flood, it says that the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And uh, the unique thing about being Christians is we have the end of the story, right? We win. We win. And, you know, Jesus said of Satan, he said he's only a thief. And he he's a thief. He says, and he only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy and I'm telling you this morning that Satan will do everything he can to disrupt and ruin your relationship that you have with God and with other people and to limit the power of God that you see in your lives. So many times we think that we have to, maybe you guys don't wrestle with this, but I have where I think that I've got to earn God's acceptance, where, you know, I have to earn the power of God to be able to go out and pray for people. I don't know if any of you have had an experience where you've had a friend that's sick or whatever, and they've asked you to come over and pray for them, and I've had that, and I've, I've gone over with a few other guys, and it's funny because you get this mindset that, hey, I've got to get kind of religious or get really good spiritually before I go over there instead of just recognizing that what we have is not us at all 
It's Jesus. And I'm going to share stuff this morning that I hope it changes your mindset to realize that who you are and what you have in God is because of Christ and his sacrifice. And there is nothing, nothing that God wants to withhold from any of you. And all of you sitting out here this morning have the ability to lay hands on the sick, for example, and see him recover. Because Jesus said that greater things than I do, you shall do. And that wasn't special people. That's all members of the body of Christ. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to start with that. Well, let's turn for uh, Ephesians 6. And uh, let's see. I'm going to actually start in 11. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you will ex- or can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then in 18, this, I always like to put this in with the armor of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So that's why I say that I really believe that prayer is also part of the armor of God. I think it kind of covers everything. You know, the Bible says that, you know, the weapons that we use in our walk with God are not natural weapons. They're spiritual weapons. And those weapons are things like, uh, as we saw It's the armor of God, the word of God, prayer, fasting. Another is, believe it or not, our testimony. And Revelations that talks about how we defeat Satan with the word of God and the word of our testimony. You know, there's something about our testimony. People can say all they want about the word of God, this or that. But when you start to share the testimony of what God has done in your life, nobody can take that away from you, can they? I mean, people look at me now and what I used to be when I was 20 years old, and I'm not the same guy. I am totally different. I've been changed. And I've been changed because of my walk with God and the Word of God working within me. So, uh, anyway... Let's uh, get into this message. Okay, so we are in a war, and of course our adversary is the devil, 
and his fallen angels. And uh, so we really don't battle against flesh and blood, but we spend so much of our time, don't we, worrying about other people and maybe some things that they've done where they've hurt me and, you know, but it's not them. It's Satan lying to you that, uh, you know, Bill said something bad about me, you know, and, and we take that and we run with that and it causes divisions in the body of Christ. And we need to just take that stuff and just give it to Jesus and forgive. You know, that's another uh, weapon that we have is forgiveness. Forgiveness is so powerful, yet we avoid it so much. We want to hang on to things. And people are so sensitive sometimes. And, you know, we, we just need to stop. We just need to stop that. And realize that it's Jesus that we walk, we live, move, and have our being in. And, and don't worry about, you know, if somebody hurts us or says something bad, just forgive them. Please forgive them. And you'll find that it's much better off. It's much better to be forgiving people than to be right. Okay? So... All right, so let's take a look at, uh, okay, so it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, it says, we do not war after the flesh. Our weapons are not carnal. In other words, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we as Christians have that. We have that power. You know, um, so much of, uh, let's, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians uh, verse 4 and 18. I want to read that to you. instead of, I want you to see it instead of me just quoting it to you. Okay, so here's what it says. It says, uh, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen, or what is unseen, is eternal. So this is what Paul's telling us to do. But do we do that? No. You know, so much of what is important to us and what we hold on to are the things we've seen. We see. And, and yet the Bible says they're just temporary. It's the unseen world that, and the unseen things that we should start being concerned with. You know, I love the story where uh, Elijah is uh, kind of disrupting uh, the Syrian army, or they call them, in some of the translations, they call them Armenians. But they come and they uh, are going to come to Israel and do this or that. Well, God tells them, you know, that that's what they're going to do, and then they're there and they're ready for them. So finally, they figure out what's happening, and then he sends this army to where Elijah is living. And Elijah's servant comes out, and he looks around, and he goes, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Elijah tells him, open his eyes. So God opens his eyes, and what does he see? Anybody? What does he see? Yeah, there's angels, an army of angels all around them. There's that spiritual world around us, that eternal world, 
all the, all the time. And yet, as human beings, we are so concerned with the temporary things, the things we can see. Yet there's a spiritual realm around us. And that's where the battle really is. That's what the Bible says. And so we need to begin to battle that way. We need to quit battling against, uh, you know, people that disagree with us. It's not that important. What's important is that we battle the spirit that is behind some of the things that we know are not from God, right, in this world today. Are there a lot of things like that? Yes, they are. But how do we battle those? We don't go after those people necessarily. We go at the spirit behind it. That's what we should be doing. And one of the things that uh, God gives us the ability to do is his word. His word that he has written. We can begin to profess that over our lives and begin to stand on the word and begin to walk as the word says that we are. And, uh, you know, Greek language, the New Testament was written in Greek. And it is such an interesting language compared to English. You know, for a word, there's three Greek words for word. Some of you have probably heard of the word logos. Any of you heard that? That's one Greek word that is translated in English as word. Another is rhema. And the other is graphe or grapho. And what those three things are is uh, the logos is basically, you know, all of the scriptures that have been written and stuff, and it's kind of the content of all that. Really, in English, we have no word that really can explain logos. A lot of people say, well, it's the written word. And it kind of is, but it's kind of not. The other one, which we've heard a lot about, is probably over the years, if you've been in church much, is the word rhema. Any of you ever heard that word? What does it mean? Anybody? Nobody? You guys are afraid. There's no wrong answers here. I'm not testing you. Rhema literally means an utterance. In other words, it's the spoken word. You know, one of the famous verses that we quote a lot is, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That word there is this Greek word, rhema. It's an utterance. It's the spirit bringing life to the logos. And, and then it imparts faith. You know, once we kind of get inspired by the spirit of the word of God, then it produces life in us. And then the third uh, one that uh, has to do with it's more with scripture. It's more the word scripture that you see written, you know, in the text where it says, you know, this scripture is those scriptures. But you remember where in uh, Matthew 4, 4, where Jesus was tempted by the enemy? What, what, what did he say to the enemy? He said, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But before he said that, he says, it is written. And that's a Greek word, graphe. And then he goes on again and he says, it is written. It is written. And, you know, that's 
what Jesus battled Satan with. So my question to you is, do you think we can use the Word of God in our lives to battle Satan? Absolutely. You know, one of the uh, things that we wrestle with most in our walk with God is feeling kind of second class. Any of you ever feel that way in your walk with God, that you're maybe not quite good enough? Huh? None of you? Okay. Because I do, but, you know, I'm getting better at it. Thank, bless the Lord. I'm recognizing that it's not by what we do or don't do. It's because of Jesus that we're acceptable to God. Because of Jesus. It's not because I go to church. I hate to tell you that. Not that church is bad, okay? I'm not saying that. Don't run out of here and say, Glenn said don't go to church. I'm not saying that. It's good to be in church and have fellowship and stuff. But what's important is that we embrace what the Word of God says about us. I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, I probably should look this up because I don't want to quote, misquote this. No, nah, it's not that. must be 1 Corinthians 5.21 Sometimes I get started. I'm not quite as sharp as I used to be, so I forget where these words are. Huh? That should be. Well, let me let me look at this again. Maybe. Yes, I do. Let's see here. Five twenty-one. Let me see what that says. Oh, yeah, that's the one I want. Yeah, I was right, first time. Yeah, I, I, just, never, I just never marked it. Sometimes when I'm going to preach, I mark the words or the scriptures I want to use. But here's what it says. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's what we need to be quoting over our lives. When Satan comes to you and say, yeah, but you know, you did this 10 years ago. And, you know, you go, yeah, God can't be happy with you. He can't use you. Any of you ever felt that way? What you need to do is you need to quote that right there. That's the word of God. Now, this isn't name it and claim it type stuff. This is proclaiming what God said. Okay? I'm not standing up here telling you that we need we can speak and create. I'm not one of those guys. I think there's power in what we speak. We need to speak life over us, life over others, and forget about talking about the death and the this and the that and the anger and how I was hurt five years ago by uh, Richard because he said something bad about me. Could you imagine Richard saying something bad about somebody? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But, you know, so that's what we need to start doing. We need to start saying what the Bible says about us. Another one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is 1 John 4.17. And I don't like the way it reads in the NIV. I like it better in 
God's anointed the new American standard. <laughs> but it, and it's the second part of that verse, and it says, as he is, in other words, Jesus, so are we in this world. Did you hear that? As he is, so are we in this world. That's the word of God. I didn't write it. God inspired John to write it. Why? Because he wanted us to know that. So what does that mean? Well, how is Jesus? Is he acceptable to God? Yes, he is. Can he lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover? Oh, yes, he can. Can you pray for things in your life and expect them to be met? I believe you can. But, you know, we don't think that all the time, do we? We don't think that we're quite good enough in God's eyes. But God would say, yes, you are. And see, that's where the rhema part of the sword of the spirit that it talks about in Ephesians 6 comes into play. Because the spirit quickens the word of God to us when we're in battle. And we should be quoting that over us. Instead of saying, oh, oh I feel bad and I'm going to give up. And You know, we need to begin to proclaim the word over us. You know, there's three words I'd like you to get out of this message today. One is declare, one is decree, and one is to proclaim. And those are all different aspects. I'm not going to go into their, um, what do you call it? What does the word mean? Uh, Definition. I'm not going to go into those right now, but you can look them up. And those are basically words where we take back the power that we have in God and in our relationship with Jesus and we begin to proclaim over situations that we're praying for, situations in our lives, decree over it, declare. And then I believe we can begin to see more of the power of God. I don't know how you are, but I used to pray, when I pray for, used to pray for somebody to get, that was sick and, and they needed prayer, I'd go, Father, if it's your will, would, would you heal these guys? And the Lord showed me, and you know, I'm not, I don't want anybody to feel condemned or judged, but the Lord showed me, don't pray like that. It is my will. Scripture says that by his stripes, you were what? Healed. So we need to proclaim over people we pray for, be healed in Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's where we need to, you know, we're, like I said, we're in a battle. And, the, and it's interesting because the armor of God, so much of it was uh, defensive armor, right? Kind of protected us where our sword is something that we can actually strike the enemy with. And I'm telling you, we can battle Satan with the word of God. Just poke him with it. And I'm telling you what, he's going to come after you. I will not stand up here and tell you 
that when you start attacking the enemy, he's not going to come after you. You'll have some times, but I can guarantee you, God will see you through those times. And the Bible says of Satan that he runs around like a roaring lion. He is not a lion. Who's the lion? Jesus. Yes. Satan tries to be a lion, tries to scare us, but, you know, that's not where we need to be. We need to be standing on the word of God, professing what the word says about us, not the way we feel. So, uh, wow, I really got off my notes. But <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. So, but I, I want to, there's three little points I do want to bring out. Uh, of course, the battle, like I said, much of the battle is in our mind. What we think, how we think about ourselves, what we think about others. You know, it's so easy to be offended by one little, sorry for spitting up there on guys, but <laughs> uh, it's so easy to get offended, isn't it? By some silly little thing that somebody said to us, or maybe they even looked at us weird. They turned away when I walked by. I mean, are, am I the only guy who gets, feels this way? And it is so destructive. And I'm telling you, the enemy has a heyday with that. And we need to just let it go. Forgive, go on. But uh, anyway, the battle starts in our mind. And you know, uh, there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 11.3 where it says, I pray that Satan doesn't beguile you or trick you like he did Eve from the simplicity that is in Jesus Christ. The simplicity is basically that we are who we are because of Jesus. Not by what we do or don't do. And, you know, that, that whole spirit of religion that is so prevalent and easy for us to pick up on and begin to walk in. It's so destructive. It's so destructive. And God wants to not let that be part of us. He wants to set us free from that. And once we begin to realize that, we can begin to walk in the power of God. I mean, do, is there anybody in this room wants to see the power of God poured across this earth? I do. I do. And, it, you know, and that's what the world needs. It doesn't need another church program. It just needs the Spirit of God bringing people into a relationship with him, changing their lives. You know, the Bible says that it's from glory to glory he's changing me from earthly things into the heavenly. What did it say earlier, the scripture I read? It's the heavenly things that are eternal. That's what really matters. Not what we can see, touch, feel, that doesn't really matter. Although that stuff's all important too. But anyway, let's go back to this. So uh, the battle starts in the mind and it requires awareness. In other words, we need to be aware of the tricks of the enemy. And that's where prayer comes in, you know, being in the word. You know, my wife used to be in uh, uh, banking 
and they told him, the way you recognize a counterfeit $100 bill, for example, is not by the problems with the counterfeit bill, but it's that you've handled so many of the real ones, you just recognize a fake one by the way it feels, its touch. And, you know, it could be just the best one made, but it just, it just doesn't feel right. And that's the way it is with, you know, if we're in the Word of God and know the Word. I mean, I cannot encourage you enough to spend time in the Word of God. Read it. You know, like Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And it's so important that you read the Word. You're in the Word, and you know what the Word of God says. We need that, especially in this day and age. You know, it's one thing to come and listen to a message like this, but you need to have some time in the Word. You know, and if you don't, I, I, I challenge you next week to spend five minutes every day next week in the Word. Just read the Word. And if you don't understand it, ask God to explain it to you. Because, yeah, it is kind of, you know, those parts are hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the battle. The battle uh, starts in the mind. It requires awareness. The battle finishes with the Word of God. And, uh, you know, John, 1 John 4, 4 says that Jesus is greater than Satan. Jesus is greater than Satan. There it is right there. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So, and number four, we need to speak the word of God over our life situations. And it's, uh, I got a verse there, 2 Corinthians 4.13. I don't know if he's going to put that up, but we believe and then we speak is basically what that says. We believe and then we speak. So, uh, actually, I'd like to. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and close. I had some other stuff I was going to talk about, but there's no sense dragging it out. But uh, <laughs> the, uh, like I said, prayer is part of the armor of God, and it's important that you have a prayer life as well. Need to be in the word, need to have a prayer life. And then, then again, you know, you don't need to be praying an hour a day. You know, if you have no prayer life, just start out with five minutes a day. And I guarantee you, you can fight, find five minutes to pray. And you don't have to be in a room or whatever. You can be just in your car. And, pr and pray. You know, you don't have to be sitting in a corner somewhere like this down on your knees. Just talk to God. He's a friend. You know, it says in uh, Romans 5 that Jesus made us friends of God. Is that cool or what? You know, we have such a privilege being part of the family of God. And I don't think we really realize what we fully have in him. 
but we should be the happiest people on the face of the earth, which I really think most of us are. But um, anyway, I want to close right now, and uh, I want to say a prayer over you. And uh, I encourage you, if you feel like you uh, haven't been in the Word haven't been relying on the word, haven't been in prayer like maybe you should have, I'll actually pray that over us. Uh, and uh, if you want to come up and pray, and then we'll have the prayer teams come up after, as soon as I get done. But if you would, just uh, I'll just like you to repeat after me. Father, we come before you, and we ask that your spirit would move on us, that you would burn within us a desire for your word, that you would cause us to spend time in prayer, and God, that you would meet us. I just pray that over these people this morning, Lord God that their lives today would be the beginning of a deeper, more fuller relationship with you. I pray that they would be the armor of God completely covered them, covering them with the sword of the Spirit working on their behalf and that they would be praying powerful prayers, proclaiming, declaring, and decreeing over life situations what your word says I just pray that over these people this morning Lord God I just pray that they would be the standard that is lifted up in these last days by your spirit as the enemy comes in like a flood I just pray that over them I just pray that they would see things in their lives that they never even expected I pray that over them in Jesus name Amen